Today's episode is brought to you by Joey's Toothpaste. You ever have bad breath so bad that your girlfriend won't even give you a fucking uh, fucking BJ? Well, not anymore because Joey's Toothpaste is organically made and will leave your breath smelling fresher than a fucking cow's ass. Joey's Toothpaste, everybody. $2.99. Find it in your nearest Whole Foods or Jewel Osco. It's a great purchase and you're going to get a great fucking blowy after this, after this buy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kicks and Giggles podcast. I'm sorry that I didn't do an episode last week, but let me fucking explain myself, okay? Like, give me a second here, all right? Before you get pissed off, before you DM me calling me a piece of shit, let me explain, all right? I got my tonsils removed, okay? You know, the past, like, four episodes or five episodes, they've been killer episodes, and I'm really happy with how they went, but uh, I was, like, battling strep throat, with it, it was basically the whole fucking summer, but really like the last, I don't know, two months or so, I've been just having on and off strep throat, so my doctor recommended that I get my tonsils removed. So now, let me tell you what happened. Uh, last Thursday, I get in the fucking, I get in the room, right? I walk in, I sign in, we wait there for an hour, it's like seven in the morning, so I'm falling asleep in my chair. And I, I op- I've never been like anesthetics before. I've never taken this uh, anesthesia. And they, I get in this room and now she gives me a bag and she says like, put this gown on and change and, and then you're going to be good. Okay, then lay in this fucking bed and I'm going to put a blanket over you. So I was like, all right. So I, I don't know why I had to take my socks off, by the way. That fucking pissed me off because now if you don't know me, I'm pretty, like, I care about germs and I care about dirty shit, you know? So in this room, it's like a tile floor and there's a sewer opening thing. I don't know if it's called a sewer. There's like a, I don't know, a drain, which makes me think that like people bleed in this room and like fucking shit and pee and they just, there's just gross shit happens in this room. So I have to take my socks off and then my feet are going to touch the floor and then I'm going to get home because I'm going to be fucked up and then I'm going to have to get in bed. So instantly I was turned off, right? So she's like, take your socks off. And I was like, why do I have to take my socks off? I'm getting surgery in my neck. Nothing's happening anywhere near my fucking feet. And she's like, no, well, it's just a policy. It's what we have to do here to make sure that you're stripped down. Like I'm going to pull out a fucking gun out of my sock. Get the fuck out of here, okay? Anyways, I get this, I get my gown on. And I'm already looking looking DTF, you know what I mean? Looking fresh to death. With this gown, I could probably get my fucking ex-girlfriend back, all right? So I get the gown on. I'm laying in bed. I'm feeling kind of fresh, you know what I mean? My tattoo's kind of showing. I'm feeling like I kind of look dope in the hospital. Everyone else is like 90 years old, fucking old as shit. And then you just got this like 20-year-old fucking baller kid. Then, you know, now it's cold as shit. So they put a blanket on me. And then I asked for another one, and then I I have four blankets on me because it's three degrees in the fucking blood and shit room. So now I'm laying in bed freezing, and then they put an IV in me, which I didn't know that was gonna. I didn't know that like that's how it went. So now I'm freaking out. Now I go from like feeling super cool in my gown to feeling like I fucking hate my life already. But they put an IV in my hand, and I just like just like did not think about it. And I was actually pretty good with that. Usually I'm bad with needles. Um, I normally pass out every single time I get like blood drawn or I get a little shot. Like I'll literally just drop to the ground. Uh, But this was pretty good. So now um, I'm sitting in the bed and there's like three different doctors that come in that are talking to my parents. By the way, my parents are so fucking toxic because they are like sitting there laughing and like talking to the doctors and like everyone's like the doctor I guess was Italian so and so are my parents so now the doctor's like making them laugh and you would think that they're watching an episode of the fucking office they're sitting in there laughing their ass off and I'm just like in the corner of the room fucking wanting to be dead uh so, so they're all having a great time sounds like it's just a big fucking party And meanwhile, I'm sitting there waiting patiently to get this anesthetic shit put in me. So now they, the doctor comes in and she's like, oh, the doctor's 45 minutes or the surgeon's 45 minutes late. Like just bear with us. So now I'm sitting with this IV in my hand 
and I'm just triggered, right? Uh, I'm triggered talking about it. But fast forward to here's the main part. All right, I'll, I'll skip the fucking detailed. What am I doing? You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I get the surgeon comes in and he's or the anesthetic girl comes in and she's like, okay, like we're going to put this in and you're just going to wake up and everything's going to be done. You're not even going to worry about it. And I was kind of freaking out, but I was like trying to re like just remain and stay fucking composed. I don't know what the word is, but I was trying to just keep calm, you know, chill out. And she's like, all right, kiss your parents goodbye. Like you're going to, you're fucking going under. So she plugs this thing into my IV, which I guess is the anesthetics. And now like everything just instantly is like moving in slow motion. Like my dad comes to give me a hug and I can't move to hug him back. And then my mom like kisses me on the cheek. And by the time my mom's face was like three inches away from me, like she literally disappeared. And then now my eyes are like closed and I hear and I feel like wind going up my dope ass gown and like just hitting my balls. I literally feel wind just straight to the balls. I, my hair's fucking pinned back or my head's pinned back. I feel like we're going 160 miles per hour on a fucking, it feels like I'm in a shopping cart and we're just, I just got a bitch behind me and she's like, slow down you guys, everybody move out of the way. We got a kid coming in. He's going to get it. He's got anesthesia in him. He's fucking, we're going downhill. You guys, everybody move out of the fucking way. And I just feel like we're flying, dude. And then I, I realized like, holy shit, I can still open my eyes. So I literally try to grab, like not try to grab, but I try to, I don't know. I just try, I remember trying to move my hands and like pull my eyelids up, but I couldn't move them. So then I'm like really, really, really trying to open them. And I finally do. So now I open my eyes and I'm in this like cooler room. And it literally feels like the only way I can explain it is a meat packing, like a meat room. Um, you know, like, like those freezer rooms where they hang like fucking raw meat and shit. Um, uh, it literally felt like that. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Disturbia, but in the movie Disturbia, there's a, there's a room where the guy keeps dead bodies and it's very cold and there's like these fucking beam lights in there. It's like that. So now I open my eyes and I'm freaking out cause I see this guy, the surgeon's like getting his tools ready or whatever. So I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not awake yet. And it sounded, or I, I meant like I'm not out yet. And I said it like, and it sounds so slurred. I was like, damn, I'm not, I, I'm not out yet. I, I, I'm still, I'm still awake. And, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, all right, no problem, man. Plugs the thing in, fucking out cold. Wake up two seconds later, have zero clue what's going on. I'm in a room with like 14 different people. And then my mom comes over and she's like, how was it, honey? Oh, it was fucking great. I just went through the biggest fucking roller coaster of my life, literally being on this fucking little sled going downhill with a woman behind me and then fucking 80 miles per hour. Then I'm getting this guy that's about to open my neck up while I'm awake. I, I'm just, I'm bad with it. All right. As you can tell, uh, I was freaking the fuck out the whole time, basically. So that was exciting. Um, I, so that happened. And then I got home and I was fucking put socks on right away because I remember the fucking disgusting floor that I just stood on. So I don't know, man. It was just bad. And then, you know, day th day two, day three, day four, eating fucking popsicles and applesauce and shit food. It's like they might as well just say like, all right, Within the next 10 days, you're going to get fucking diabetes because you're going to eat like shit and that's literally all you can eat. So, I don't know, dude. Then I had like scrambled eggs. I was trying to force myself. I would literally hold my neck in the morning and just fucking shove food down my throat after I took my first dose of medicine. Okay, that was good. Um, it, yeah, it was just a shitty time, okay? So, I don't know, guys. If you can't fucking bear with me, if, if that isn't an explanation enough of why I shouldn't have done the podcast last week, then I don't know what to tell you because I, it was a fucking hell week. All right. Now I'm recovering a little bit. It's day 10 or day 11 or day nine. Uh, and I should be hundred percent good. My voice is going to stay like this is what they said. Like minus the lisp or whatever the fuck it sounds like. Uh, they said it's going to be a little bit deeper, I guess. So I guess that's kind of cool. It sound, maybe I'm gonna get. Maybe I'm gonna finally get laid more. You know, because I get a deeper voice. 
Um, so we didn't do the fan topics yet because I wanted to start off with that. Had a strong tonsillectomy story. But we got the first topic from underscore V Cuts. His, or his topic or question is, what do you think of girls and their premium Snapchats? So let me tell you older folks, you know, my parents, my grandparents, anyone over the age of like 30 years old, uh, a premium Snapchat. Here's what it is. It's a Snapchat account. And if you don't know what Snapchat is, then stop fucking listening to the show. Um, It's a Snapchat account where it's like a girl and she posts on her story. They charge people or it's a guy. It's either one. But you charge people anywhere from like 50 bucks to a thousand and they get access to follow your page, right? So now, let's say I pay $150 a month. I get to follow Sally and her premium Snapchat account. What she posts is pictures of her tits, pictures of her fucking, of her booty, pictures of her shoulders, you know what I mean? Videos of her fucking going at it. Uh, sometimes there's like sex videos or some of them are just like, you know, just singular, I don't know what the fuck they call it, just like masturbation videos. Um... And it's basically like a porn account. But then there's like packages where you could text them or Snapchat them for like a day for 20 bucks. Or they'll like message you personal like customized videos. If you got like a weird fucking fetish and you want her to like dress up as fucking Barney while she fingers herself. (laughs) Uh, You know, just like kind of whatever the fucking creeps want. There's like special packages that they'll do shit for. So basically, it's like a modern day, uh, like hooker, porn star, not porn star. It's like a modern day, yeah, it's like a modern day fucking prostitute hooker thing. Because like back then, you'd pay a, pay a girl and you'd fucking get some sex. And fast forward to 2019, 2018, it's, I didn't even say the right fucking year. Fast forward to 2018 and you just got a whole bunch of kids on their phones every fucking second of their day. Because we're controlled by our phones. So, what kind of hooker is there now? There's premium Snapchat models. Uh, What do I think of them? I'm fucking, dude, I'm all for it. Look, being a guy that's that's very openly, like, open with sexual shit, um, I'm like, okay, let me tell you here, let me tell you this. I think it's cool if I was a girl and I had a nice body or if I was just like very open and I didn't really give a fuck if people saw me naked and doing sexual shit and I needed money. Yeah, why the fuck not? It's better than going to fuck someone. You know what I mean? There's no risk of STDs. There's no risk of like getting kidnapped. You're in your house. You're taking videos of yourself and you're making fucking money. And some of these girls, like I've like, I've actually paid to talk to Snapchat models and just like basically interviewed them. I actually used to think about doing a little documentary on on this exact thing, which now that I'm telling you guys this, maybe someone's going to do it, but I doubt it and mine would be fucking better. But I, I still think about doing a documentary on uh, Snapchat models because I think it's fucked up, but I think that it's pretty cool. And it's like dark and weird and like, I don't know. I just think it's 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 interesting to me. Um, now, let me tell you why I say it's dark, okay? The one that I talked to, I've talked to a few, but the one that I really got like deep interview fucking good questions from, uh, she would tell me that like the reason why, like I'm thinking of it as, here's what I support. I support it if you just need some money and you're just like looking to have fun and you're fucking want to show off your tits. That I think it's cool. But this woman or girl or whatever, she was saying like, I got kicked out of my house when I was 20 years old and I've been living on my own for the past three years. And like, I literally don't have any fucking money. So I have to sell drugs and I have to do this and do this. And like, I scam some people, but like the other people, the people that keep paying me, those are the ones that like I'll stick with and everybody else just gets scammed. So I don't really try to send too many things out, which first of all is fucking dumb. If you're going to do it, like if you send nudes to one guy and you scam the other, what do you, there's no, there's nothing you're saving, you know, but I don't know. It was fucked up. And she was telling me like, she was just telling me that she's, she's really fucked up and it made it like not hot, you know? Like, the fact that she was doing it because she she literally needed money to live, 
and like pay her rent and eat and shit. Like she would post on her story and say like, can someone please send me $10? I didn't eat all day. That's fucked up. You know, I mean, I guess it's like, if you, you got to do what you got to do, but that made it like, I'm, how, how could I get horny to a girl that needs my money to fucking eat? You know, I was like, all right, take the money. Fuck. Like, I don't even want to beat off anymore because it's just, I feel bad here. Here's fucking buy some snacks, you know, here you go. So it, it just turned, it just turns into a sad thing for me. Um, so I didn't really get too much out of it, but I think it's cool. Uh, I support it. And I really want to know more about like what the fuck people are thinking when they're doing that shit. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's cool. I don't know. It's dope. If you're a girl out there and you need some extra money, fucking show your, show your tits. And get 30 bucks a, a day. Oh, the, another girl that I talked to, she said that she made $12,000 a month from it. This was like a very, very high, like very popular one. She had like 100,000 people on her, her uh, Instagram. But she said like, she said, I make upwards of $10,000. I've even made 12000 in one month. That's like, that's like some hustler, like good for you. Fucking make that money, bitch. You know? Make that money, girl. Sorry. Um, another fan topic. I'm going to do two today because I'm doing the extended episode. Uh, I promised you guys I'd do a little bit longer because I missed out last week. So here's the next one. Very similar. I put these two in because they're similar. Uh, GC22T says, talk about your thoughts on porn. Do you think I should watch it if I have a girlfriend? So I've had an experience. Okay. I've talked to girls before that like told their ex-boyfriends or their boyfriends like, I don't want you watching porn. Uh, that's fucking dumb. Okay. That's just, it's just dumb. And if you're that type of girl, then you're toxic to your boyfriend. Because here's the thing. It's great that we can get along, right? It's great that you're my girlfriend and I like having sex and it's fucking very fun. We have a lot of chemistry together. But the minute you go home... You know, the sad truth is most guys are probably going to think about sex one or two times or 500,000, depending on how long it is until you see them again. So for guys, when you have a girlfriend and you think about sex and you think about like, and you don't want to, and you can't have sex with her right away, the thing that you go to when you are in a relationship is fucking porn. Because if like me, I'm a single guy, I could have sex with a girl today and then, I'm fucking sorry to say this, but I can have sex with a girl today and then she leaves and then she can't hang out tomorrow, but I'm still into it. So then I fucking, I, I, then I maybe try try my chances with another girl, you know? And I, I know the feminists are going to fucking hate that, but it's just true, you know? I'm not saying it like that's what I wish to do. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. The, the truth is if you need sex and you're talking to plenty of women, you could probably get it if they're the same mindset as you. If they're just looking to have sex and have fun and they're not like whatever about it, you know what I mean? If they're not like, you need to fucking date me and do this and this. Plenty of girls just want to have sex. Plenty of guys just want to have sex. So that's what fucking happens. Uh, but like I said, if you're in a relationship and you respect your girlfriend, which I hope all you guys do, then yeah, I mean, we'll go watch porn because when you can't be with her, you can't be with anyone else. So you fucking go watch some shit and just, you got your right hand, you know, name your right hand Sally. And then you're fucking hanging out with Sally tonight, baby. So, and, and then if she says you can't watch porn anymore, then it's like, okay, then I'm going to, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to fucking have sex with other women. And then she's definitely going to be like, excuse me, no the fuck you're not. That's not how this works. I'm your fucking girlfriend. And then you're going to be like, okay, well, then I'm going to beat off because I got to get mine somehow. So you give me some fucking options uh, and then she'll understand. So you just have to have that conversation. Uh, do you think I should watch it if I have a girlfriend? Yes, bro. Like, yes. Do just watch it whenever you want. Like, there's no, do whatever you want to do. Okay. That's it. Um, so, I, you know, I could have talked about the... I wanted to talk about, like, the Eminem diss track with Machine Gun Kelly and all that. But now I just feel like it's so outdated because it was, like, last week and the week before. Um, 
But my quick thoughts on that, this is going to be very quick. I'm not even going to get two seconds into it, is uh, MGK is a fucking douchebag. And Eminem is like one of the best rappers of all time. So that's literally that's it. Um, The next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, this is this is big. All right. I was talking with let me let me make sure I don't get this wrong. Okay, because I don't want to fuck this up. All right, I was talking to a guy named Max Paxton. He was the host of a TV show called Hoarders. Um, if you don't know what Hoarders is, it's like people that live... It's Hoarding is like... I think it's a disease or it's just like a fucked up addiction. Um, hoarding is like people that like save boxes. They save, like I don't even know, bottles. They save little shit. They save furniture. They save like pass down stuff from their family when they move. Like they buy fucking random cheap shit and they just save it all. And like they would go into these houses on this on this TV show Hoarders and it would be like you open the door and there's just fucking 50 million things. I don't even know what they were. It looked like garbage in the house. And sometimes it was. Um, but I guess it's like the deep thing behind it is that like they need to fill space in their house because they're so fucking alone. And it's like their way of coping with being depressed and shit. I don't know. It's really deep. But basically the host of that show, Hoarders, um, or like the, I don't even know what he is. I think he's the host. Uh, Max Paxton, he's been messaging me a lot and he always gives me like so much support. Uh, he'll message me and just say like, Hey man, I'm really fucking with the podcast. Like you're going to do so well. Um, like you're a straight up, he, this is what he said. He said, you're a straight up hustler. I love it. Keep your swagger and keep doing what you do. I'm the host of hoarders. Love your podcast and love your posts. Keep doing them. Um, and then he was like, I don't know. We were just going back and forth and he's really showing me a lot of support. So definitely got to give you a shout out, Matt. Uh, thank you so much. I don't know if I, did I say Matt, Max or Matt? His name is Matt. Now I feel like I said Max. I don't fucking know, but shout out to you, man. You've been so supportive and thank you. Um, he gave me the idea where we were talking about his podcast that he used to run and he was saying like, dude, you should just hit the road and see if your fans will let you stay with them and just make like a big trip and get all of your special guests you've ever wanted to have and just do like a big ass road tour or road trip. And this was like huge. I've always wanted to do, like I've always wanted to do a documentary on what's it like being, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, selling shoes, creating your own business. And I always loved like talking to younger people, giving them advice on why you shouldn't go to college. I was like, I'm like the front runner in my fucking mind of like fuck college that would be my team in life would be the fuck college team okay so i always like to debate with people and persuade them other or like why you shouldn't go you know um so when he gave me this idea i was like holy shit that sounds amazing like i should definitely do this and then i started thinking more deep into it and i was like here this is this is what i'm doing all right i planned on going or this is what i want to do I planned on moving out to LA this uh, upcoming January, January of 2019. I planned on saving up my money and just fucking full send mode, going out there, uh, signing with a manager that I've been talking to since last year. Uh, and then he was going to try to get me in some spots with Netflix and you know smaller TV shows. I also have a few producer friends that are looking to get me in their TV shows as like very small parts just to see how I do. Um, and then of course, I'd like to try some stand up when I'm down there. But then, now that I've been thinking about this, I was like, all right, look, the things that I can get done, if I took a 30 or 45 day trip and I went to Los Angeles and Atlanta and New York and Boston and Vegas and all these places where I have like special guests, okay, can I not elbow the fucking table one time? Um, If I could visit all these people and have them on my show, there was so much that could come from that that it's like, it's so much, it's way, I don't know, it's way bigger than moving out to LA and like trying a bunch of things for a year, you know? It's like, this is guaranteed. Let's say I went from January 1st to the middle of February um, and I could have, I already have a list right now. It's it's uh, 18 people that I could have on the show. 18 celebrity customers, or not customers, celebrity guests on the show that have, you know, 100,000 followers or 2 million or 1.5, whatever it is. 
if I have all these people on the show, that's 20 weeks worth almost of episodes. So now I come back home in February and I have 20 weeks to post these episodes and they would probably be posting them as well. Uh, so it's just fucking the, the exposure that I would get. Okay, hold on. Sorry. The exposure that I would get from all of these people posting these episodes, like one after another, um, and just the fans that would see this and the fans that would probably grow from every single episode and being able to see you guys and literally stay in your house with you for a night while having a filmmaker with me or a photographer. I don't know I said film filmmaker, but I'd have someone there with me recording the whole thing. And eventually I would turn it into like an hour to two hour long documentary. So it's just like the fucking Angelo Blando project is what this basically is. Um, and it would be like a lot of raw footage of me picking up shoes, me bringing them to a guy, going out to eat with Chris and bringing him the shoes. And you would see like what we get to talk about and what what it's like trying to fucking meet Chris because he's so busy. Like there's shit that, I don't know, It's it would give a very raw, like real look at what I do for my job. Uh, and I think it would be fucking awesome. I personally have watched a few like sneaker documentaries, like round two. Um, and I don't even know. It's like the only one round two is a shop in LA, but there's been a few like the Supreme line ones that I think that was on YouTube or not. No, I don't think it was on Netflix on YouTube. There's like a Supreme documentary and it's all about like why the brand is so hyped up and they go to the stores in LA and New York and they visit the lines like five hours early when there's a hundred kids waiting there. So I don't know. It gives a very raw look at what the fuck this job is all about. And me in particular selling to celebrities. It's not just like an hour long, two hour long video about me selling shoes. It's, it's very, I don't know. It's fucking dope. And it has to do with the podcast. So if you guys are interested in, or if that sounds like you'd be interested in uh, watching that, please let me know if you're going to be hyped up about it. Because if you guys want it, then I'm going to fucking do it. Uh, the Angelo Blando Project fucking documentary kicks and giggles tour, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, let me know if you guys are hyped up about that. So my fucking throat is hurting like a bitch. And I, I could feel it starting to swell up because I haven't taken anything cold in the past 30 minutes. So I'm going to pause this, take some ice chips, and then we'll be right back in to finish the rest of this hour-long episode. All right? So give me one sec. All right, I'm back. Um, I only took a one-minute break, all right? I didn't go to sleep. I didn't, like, you know, play Fortnite for a little bit and then get tired and then fall asleep and then kind of just think I'll do it in the morning and then post it and what are they going to know? I, I just took a two-second water break, got some ice, and now I'm good. Um, my uvula is still fucking swollen, all right? And I was going to record it, okay? I was going to just take a second break, but... My fucking, it's still swollen. So then I was like, fuck it, you know? Um, I, so I, I tried to sleep it off, but I woke up and it's still fucking swollen. So you guys got to deal with that, all right? It's, it's, not, it's not my fault. And, you know, as, as I was waking up, I was kind of thinking, like, what the fuck am I going to do the rest of the episode on? Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of just like starting a new fresh episode. Um, and then I saw a commercial on TV for a demolition derby. Um, which was the fucking shittiest commercial I've ever seen. So then I tried, I tried to look it up, and I can't really find anything. But I guess it's like okay, right now is demolition derby fucking season, right? Um, if you don't know what I'm even saying, let me explain to you. Um, I'll look it up the definition on Google. Demolition derby definition. A competition in which typically older cars are driven into each other until one is left running. So I have friends that participate in these fucking things. And I've been to one, unfortunately. And they're the fucking stupidest thing. It's just, it's like people buy shitty, like, junk-ass cars. But they're usually, like, they're nice cars. But they're just old as fuck. Like, they're like there's, like... I don't know, Chevys. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really a big car guy. But there's like Mustangs. There's fucking... Um, I always hear the term Fox body. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, but they buy these cars 
And my friend, you know, he'll call me. He's like, I'm going to go down to the fucking junkyard and I'm going to pick up a Chevy fucking Fox Body Mustang. It's 2009. I'm going to pick up a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, some Code Red Mountain Dew, and I'm going to fucking head down to the Demolition Derby tonight. And then I'll be like, dude, like, that's fucking, that's so dope, dude. Like, hell yeah, good for you, dude. And he's like, call, he, he messages me about it, and I have nothing to fucking say because I'm not really, like, I don't really, I'm not into it, you know? I There's nothing I could say. And then he'll call me and be like, dude, you want to come down to the fucking Demolition Derby tonight? There's going to be fucking hell chicks, there's going to be corn dogs, there's going to be fucking Code Red Mountain Dew there, free Code Red. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm, I can't, I just, like, I, I'm just not, I'm not into it, man. I Like, I'm sorry, I had to break the truth to him the other day. And I was like, I don't give two fucks about watching you, uh, <laughs> this is the commercial. I was like, I don't give a fuck about watching you smash your car into a thing. And then I asked him, you know, like, what are you spending on this? Like, what, like, what do you spend, like, a hundred bucks? He spent $2,000 on a car to fucking ram it into other people, or on other people's, <laughs> yeah, to fucking kill people, to just drive it on the, to drive it into other people's cars in this fucking mud pit. And then if you win, the prize is like a thousand bucks and like four thousand or like I don't even know. It's not a lot of money. I think I, when we were sitting there talking about it, it's like you don't even break even. If you win first place, you get I think three thousand dollars. If you win second second or third place, you get like a thousand or two thousand. And he, uh, I don't know. Why would you spend two thousand dollars? And then they like soup it up and they like fucking painted their whatever their name is death death man um so here's a commercial that's online um i guess this is a toy car commercial but you get the you get the point of it So that's basically what it is in real life. This is a fucking toy car commercial. But it's like fucking beat up Chevrolet, spend $2,000 and say goodbye to it. Because you're never going to see that money again because you smashed up your goddamn car. It's just fucking... It, it, I, don't, I don't know, you guys. Then there's a... Okay. The thing that makes me more mad is that what I'm realizing is that a lot of people do it with uh with their fucking Hot Wheels and they record it. This is a commercial for a Hot Wheel. This like in the video right now, it's a guy with fucking Hot Wheels. One will survive the Thunderdome of Demolition Derbies at Casa de Arroz. Okay. This Sunday. I'm going to be in my mom's basement with uh, my fucking Hot Wheels because my girlfriend dumped me because I'm fucking weird. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I mean, okay, here's what I was going to say. I was going to make fun of like demolition derbies and how fucking weird that is. But I guess the real weird thing is if you do like do demolition derbies with Hot Wheels in your house, then you're the fucking weird one. And I guess the real thing is less weird right i don't know i went with my friend once but here's the only thing that i'll say that's positive about those things there is fucking cougar dude it's cougar nation you got like the i don't even know how to explain but they're just like very very busty cougars you know they always got the huge tits popping out of their fucking like affliction t-shirts or whatever the shirts they have that have bedazzles all over it bb and shit like that then they got the huge belt buckles hey babe come fucking grab my belt buckle and i i actually can't even do it all right i just i just can't do the fucking voice anymore but you get what i'm saying okay they got the big rock revival like thick stitching jeans fucking high top boots tits popping out hitting the their fucking eyes um they're always there, which is pretty hot, I guess. It's not, It's actually not. It's more fucking disgusting. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to, to bring up demolition derbies and tell you guys about my friend that might be going to the race. You guys could root for him. I actually don't know what his car name is. I, and there, it's not like you guys are going to fucking know where the race is. The point is, all right, let me sum it up. If you go to a fucking demolition derby, you're an idiot. All right, that's it. 
why is why are, what's the point? I like to go to hockey games. You know, I'll maybe go to a maybe go to a baseball game. I'll go to you know basketball. They're inside. You know, you get to fucking watch people throw a ball in a hoop and get fucking money for it. By the way, that's fucked up too. Is I, I talked with someone the other day about this. I don't remember who the fuck it was. But this is like super politics, and, and I don't really want to get into this, so I don't know why I'm saying this. But I was thinking about it the other day. Oh, no. Here's what it was. I was watching these What Would You Do videos, which is like this guy named fucking John Quinones, and he, uh, he like sets people up. So um, it'll be like a white family goes out to eat, and they get a discount in a black family predominantly black neighborhood like a restaurant or something right and then they record it and then the white family gets a discount and then all the black people are like fuck you like what is this shit about and they just it's like fucked up situations there'll be one where it's like a girl with her or like a mother and her son comes out to her saying that he's gay and then the parents like don't allow it or like don't approve of it and they very loudly have the conversations so people around them see it and then chime in or don't chime in, right? So I was watching one and it was about, it was like a veteran, like he was like in the fucking suit or whatever, army army costume. He was in his gear and um, he couldn't pay for the rest of his groceries. So they were seeing if other people would pitch in or not. And there were some people that were like, Man, I fucking, for my country, I fucking pay $100 for that guy's groceries. He needs beer. He needs baby food. He can't get rid of the baby food. And then they, like, it's, like, really humble and really great people. Then there was some people that was, like, I'm not, I'm not going to give him, it was $11. I need to watch out for myself. He could be scamming me. There was, like, those guys, you know? So you really get to see what kind of people there are. But for me watching it, I thought, like, how fucked up. Is it, you know who will never have a problem paying for their groceries? Fucking LeBron James or, you know, uh, I don't know, RG3 or fucking Brian Erlacher. Guys that play sports is my point. Um, and it's just, it's just shitty, right? People like fought for our country, like veterans and army, navy, fucking seals, like all these people that are like literally putting their life on the line for us, right? And like doing hard fucking work. Like I don't really know a lot about it, so I'm very vaguely saying shit. But um, it's I don't know. Like Marines, I remember my friends going into Marine boot camp, and they were they would say it was like fucking hell. They would sleep in these tents in like Iraq. They would tell me they would see uh, people fucking goats in like Iraq because they had these drones that would fly around and watch shit, and the people flying the drone was one of my friends, and he said that he would literally see people fucking goats, which is probably not fun to, to watch, and you're like sex-deprived of years or months. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of shit that they do, and then you got fucking Big Tim over here that could just dribble a ball and shoot it into, into a fucking basket, and the guy gets $18 million contracts for like three years. I don't know. It's so fucking sickening. That's fucked up. All right. I don't know if that makes me conservative or liberal or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'm not trying to go there, but I just like that's sickening. All right. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't think they deserve. I think people like sure it's a form of entertainment, you know, like, I don't know, dude, it's just fucked up. They should just get paid way more money. The people that are fighting in wars should get like millions of dollars when they come back. Um, and the people that throw balls in fucking hoops should get like a couple hundred thousand. And the, and the other thing is a couple hundred thousand is still a lot of fucking money, you know? It's not like, dude, um, you know, 600K for this year? Fuck that. I'm not even going to. I might as well go work at Trader Joe's because who the fuck's going to do that? It's like, it's not like that. 600k is a fuckload of money. I don't know, man. So that's good. Um, so what else was I gonna say? Oh, my grandma Michelle just told me, and my grandpa Dom. Shout out to you guys. They told me that they were getting their manicures done, and um, I'm very all over the place at this episode. I'm fucking, you know, highs and lows, hitting different fucking topics all over. This is that's what the show is. 
Um, they told me that they were getting their manicures done and they were talking to the woman doing their manicures and they were telling her uh, all about my show and I guess they played, <laughs> my grandpa said that he played the podcast for everyone to hear it in the fucking salon um, and that everybody was laughing. And he's like, the whole fucking, the whole staff at this place loves you. Like, you got to go in there. They were all dying at your show. And that was really cool. So if you're listening and you're from the salon, fucking what's up, baby? You know? Well, thanks. Hey, th- hey guys, thanks. Um, so that was just a quick little shout I want to do. This thing in the back of my throat really is fucking blowing up. And this sucks that I have to talk like I have a dick in my throat. But some people are used to that. Um, so everybody, like, I, I must have gotten at least 20, like, questions last week that was, like, how did you get into selling shoes? How did you get into what your job is? How did you, or what made you want to sell shoes? How do you sell to celebrities? All these fucking questions that were, like, the same thing. I, and... When people say, how did you get into selling shoes? That's a hard question to ask because it's like, what the fuck are you asking? I don't know. Maybe that makes sense to you guys. It doesn't make sense to me. But I wanted to answer this one time because I I hate saying it and I hate texting every fucking two seconds. Here's my story. All right. I was, this this is what it is. All right. When I was 30, when I was 12 years old, I got my mom's credit card. And I ordered 670 suckers for an ASPCA. It was it was an ASPCA fundraiser, which is like it was like money goes to like dogs that get fucking beat up. I think I've told this story on like or told some of this story on a previous episode, but I did a fundraiser that's meant for schools because it's 670 suckers. It's supposed to be like four teachers or eight teachers that are supposed to run it. But I was like, fuck that. I could do this on my own. Uh, I'm 12 years old. Why the fuck not? Uh, so I ordered all these suckers with my mom's credit card. It was like 250 bucks, And they came in this huge box. And then I separated them for like hours on end. Just sitting there like separating, you know, what flavors. There was like 28 flavors. Thinking about like, what am I going to sell them for? I think the thing on there said to sell them for uh, like 25 cents each or something like that. Or it said, I don't know what the fuck it said. It said sell them for 25 cents each and then donate like a total of $200 to the ASPCA Foundation, whatever. Um, So what I ended up doing was selling them for uh, 50 cents each. Sometimes I'd even sell them for 75 cents each. And I would just fucking make like on the bus, I'd get on the bus when I was 12 years old, 13 years old. And kids would be bringing me like two bucks, buying four suckers. They're bringing me quarters. And then I figured, you know what? Fuck bringing my textbooks. I need to just, I need to strap up, you know, and fucking go. I need to get, I got lemon lime. I got fucking candy apple. I got caramel. I got chocolate. I need to get my shit together and fucking move these, move this fucking shit. All right. So I get on the bus. I'm selling suckers. Fast forward two years later, I'm a freshman in high school. Uh, I learned how to fix phones and I learned how to change the, like back then it was the iPhone 4 and 4S. Uh, you could just slide, or it was like two screws at the bottom. You slide the back off and then you could change the backs. So all you had to do is know a guy that had fucking shit, uh, like new iPhone pieces. So I met a guy at an iPhone kiosk in Woodfield Mall and uh, I started buying like green and black and red and purple and like all these different colors to make iPhones like colored. Um, then he taught me, I went to, it was like in Mount Prospect or something, some like little condo that he lived in. I would go there and he would fucking teach me how to take apart these phones. It was so fucking sketchy too. I would have friends drive me there and like I'm 13 years old, like sitting in this fucking kiosk owner's house that he's like, he's like maybe, I don't know, 25 or 30. And we're like sitting on his sketchy ass like table that's about to fall over, like fixing fucking unscrewing shit. And he had this map that was like every, it was like magnets or magneted, I don't know. And every screw that you take out, you'd fucking put on this mat, right? Um, 
So now I'm sitting there like learning how to do this shit. And then I would do it in my basement every, like every day after school, I'd come home and I'd learn how to fix phones. Then I started doing it for people, uh, charging them like, you know, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, whatever it was. Um, then it was like the end of freshman year. I must've made, I don't know. I probably did like 50 phones. I fucked up a lot of people's phones. I, fu I fucking ruined this girl's battery. I thought she was really cute. And, uh, I was going to try to, you know, try to swing it. And then, uh, I fucking ruined her phone. So it kind of ruined my chances as well. Then sophomore year, I was in water tower place in Chicago. And I met a guy that looked like he was just fucking decked out and fat in like high end designer clothes. And I was asking him, how the fuck did you get that shit? I never really realized how young I was to be like, walking around talking to random ass people. I was 14, 15 years old now. Uh, and I would meet this guy at Food Life, which is an amazing restaurant in Water Tower Place in Chicago. Um, we'd meet there like once a week and talk about how I could start buying clothes from him and buying shoes. And like, he knew all the like fucking back door guys at outlet malls and shit. And he would send me to Fox Valley or Aurora and say like, meet this guy, pick up this belt. You're going to get like 30% off the already tar the already sale price. I don't know. It was a long thing. Um, from there, I, I started selling clothes and shoes. And then I really got into shoes when I was, I don't know, junior year. Oh, no, sophomore year. 2013 and 14 is when I got into shoes. Um, and then, you know, I just started... I would wait in lines. There was plenty of times where I waited in line for fucking seven hours, eight hours in Chicago um, just to get like one or two pairs of shoes. I've paid um, homeless people for like 50 bucks to sit in line for me because most of these releases are one per customer. So I'd get in line at like 1 a.m. I'd go on Michigan Avenue, um, which is like 32 State Street. It's like not Michigan Avenue, but it's a very popular street in Chicago, um, which is foot action. And then right around there, there was always a guy, like the same fucking guy that would wait right by the Starbucks. And I would always go to him and he was trustworthy. I trusted him. I'd be like, here, man, 50 bucks. Come stand in this line, buy a pair of shoes for me. And then sometimes the State Street, like, or any of these places, Noter or fucking RSVP, like, sometimes they wouldn't allow the homeless people to buy shoes because they know that they were just getting paid for it, which is fucking bullshit. Uh, because it's like the, it's limit one per customer. The loophole is if anyone could buy them, right? So don't fucking selectively tell me that I can't pay someone to come in. It's like, if that's what I want to do, then that's on me. Fuck you guys. But I don't know. So I've waited in lines plenty of times, probably 50, 75 times, but I've really paid people to do it way more. I was more of a fan of like post on my Instagram who wants to make a quick 30 bucks, wait an hour for three hours, 10 bucks an hour, and I'll buy you lunch. And then I just get a, like, not a truck full. I'd get a fucking car full of people and then drop them off downtown in Chicago. They'd wait in line, get my shoes. I'd pick them back up two hours later and I'd be fucking good to go. I'd get seven pairs or five pairs, whatever it is. Um, I like that way better, but now it's like, you just got to know a guy. I know people in New York. I know people in LA. I know people in Vegas, Chicago. Like I make one phone call and I could get 10 pairs of shoes from any release that I want. And that's because I've done it for so long. So when you guys ask, how did you get into it? It's not some fucking get rich quick. Like tomorrow you're going to buy a pair of shoes and two days later, you're going to sell it and make 500 bucks. There's plenty of times where I've only made 20 bucks on a pair of shoes. There's plenty of times where I've only made fucking five dollars there's plenty of times where i broken even or lost money because the market like the market went down on a pair of shoes after i got them um there's plenty of times where i got scammed from paypal you know paypal chargeback schemes or whatever it is i've gotten fucking screwed over uh i've lost fifteen hundred dollars on venmo i've lost money that was like the the way before like first year second year before i really knew what i was fucking doing um, but there's a lot of risks, you know, I've met with people and gotten fake money. I've met with people that didn't fucking show up. You know what I mean? I, I drove two hours before to Wisconsin, supposed to do a big deal. The guy didn't fucking show up. It was a huge waste of time. 
it's just there's a lot of shitty parts of it you know it gets looked at as like wow he gets to sell shoes to celebrities and he gets to fucking meet all this, these cool people and he's selling shoes and he's wearing fucking dope shit but like that's what you guys see because it's what i post on instagram and snapchat but uh the, what really happens is there's a lot of fucking hectic phone calls that are going back and forth. This guy's mad at me. This shoe didn't come in. I can't get this size. I got to find a different guy last minute and pay extra. There's a lot of fucking like fuckery that happens uh, in this in this job and in this business, which is why this documentary that I do, I think it's going to be even cooler to show to re- like kids that want to be resellers out there. And kids that want to do this job, not necessarily for celebrities, but just sell shoes in general. Um, the documentary would show the shit that you don't see and the shit that isn't so cool and flashy and fucking rah-rah, like, look at me, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it, I've been doing this shit since I was 12, 13 years old selling shit in general. Um, and the things that I've learned over the past five years... Uh, I probably would never have learned anywhere else. I, I value me selling shoes and I value these relationships that I've made with these people way more than I would value a fucking professor in college or a teacher or whatever. So that's the long answer. The short answer is how did I get in, get into selling shit was I was passionate enough to say fuck you to college and uh, I had you know the balls and like ego to say no to parties and say no to, you know, hanging out with my friends on Friday, Saturday nights, and instead sitting at home fucking literally twisting screws for hours and moving shit around in an iPhone, which was when I was 13, all the way to now, kids ask me to go out, kids ask me to go to a party, and it's like, fuck that. I gotta stay home, I gotta make phone calls, I gotta check my DMs, I have fucking 75 that I haven't read yet, and I need to fill these orders. That's like what I've been doing. So if you wanna do it, it's not about can you be a good salesman, it's not about can you get the right connections. What it really is is what are you willing to do with your time? If you're willing to fucking say no to people and skip fun fun nights, quote unquote, uh, and put in the work and fucking do research and sit there, read about retros and read about shoes, read about Yeezys and see what releases are coming out and go fucking wait in line for 10 hours. If you're going to, if you're willing to do all that, then it's a good job, you know, but most kids fucking aren't. There's, there's only so many cool resellers because of how fucking hard the job is. There's like a hand, there's like 10 people that you could name that are big names that sell shoes or work in this industry. Uh, and hopefully I'm going to be one of them because it's like the fucking work that I put in, I probably deserve it. Um, and this fucking documentary I'm telling you is going to be awesome if it fucking happens, um, which it probably will. So, and that's probably going to happen in January. That's what I'm thinking of going. So, I don't know. I just, that's my motivation fucking Gary V of the day is, uh, you know, what are you willing to do with your time? If you're willing to fucking, if you want to make money and you want to do something different, if you don't want to go to college, then make sure you're doing something with your time. All right. Uh, and make sure it's, you're fucking, you're not being a piece of shit. So that's kind of already the shoe part of the podcast, but to get into a little bit more, I've been I've been loving uh, Air Maxes and Dad shoes. I don't know if the hype just fucking hit me now, uh, but Dad shoes have been a thing like the past year or year and a half, and now I'm finally realizing why they're so dope. Uh, I've been looking at Air Max 98s a lot lately and Air Max ones, but like older pairs. There's like an Obsidian navy blue pair that's like 2003. Uh, I love those, and I've been wearing the Wave Runners again because they just restocked. And the OG Wave Wave Runners, like the first release, I don't know if this is just for me, but the first release pair, awesome, and I love it. This the new release, I swear to God, the new release pair fucking fits me too tight, and the material is shittier than the first pair. And I don't know if it's just for me. Maybe I just got a bad pair, but. I swear they're different shoes. I think I read online somewhere that they are different releases. Like this new restock is literally shittier like quality and they're a budget form of the Wave Runners. But 
I don't know. I've been wearing the OG pair lately, and I love them. Uh, I, it took me a while to get into them. I think I've said on this podcast before that the Wave Runners look like shit, and now I'm in love with them. Uh, I've also been wearing a lot of low tops lately. I don't know, mid tops, retro threes, um, and I don't know. I'm just I'm I, I love it. I like to fucking I'm starting to cuff my jeans up and show my shoe off a little bit more, which I fucking hate when people do that. But I'm it's just comfortable. I don't know. So I want to buy these. They're called Gundam Retro or Gundam Air Max 98s, and I'm just obsessed with them lately. Then there's the Tour Yellows. It's just, I don't know, man. I'm becoming an Air Max guy. So hopefully you guys are going to see a little bit more of that on my page. I'm kind of moving out of the Jordan phase. I usually only fuck with Jordans, but now I'm trying to try some other shit. I still can't get into the 500s. The Easy 500s, I think they're fucking weird. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'll buy the black pair. Then the Reacts. I didn't like the Reacts either. But now the undercover pairs came out, and I'm kind of like, I don't know, dude. But I I like the look of them. But I still stand by what I said before, which is like that condom texture of the shoe. It's fucking disgusting, and I can't wear it. So you probably won't see me wearing those. But I think I'm gonna buy a few of them. Um, what else is there? These 2002 Mellow Retro 13s. I've talked about these before. They actually canceled the release. So Champs and Foot, Le- or Foot Action and Foot Locker and Nike Sneakers app pulled all of their pairs because they were defected. And I guess the men's pairs didn't really look good. So they released the GS pairs um, and the men's pairs got pulled. So now the men's pairs of that shoe is going for 600 bucks, 400 bucks, like depending on what size. And I could have had an early, I could have had a pair two months early for 280 bucks, and I said no. And now I fucking regret doing that. Uh, which is another do- downside of doing this business is it's like day trading a lot, especially for smart resellers that are getting rid of their shit fast. Uh, it's like I'd rather buy 10 pairs and sell them the next day and make 30 bucks a pair than buy a pair for fucking and sit on it for two months and make $60. You know what I mean? It's like, if I could take 300 bucks and turn it into 500 in two days, I'd much rather do that than take 300 and turn it into 700 over four months, you know? Um, I'm not a big fan of sitting on shoes. I have like a few pairs that I sit on, a few Prestos and Retro One fucking Off-Whites and shit like that, like shit that I know is really hot. But when it comes to like 300, $500 releases, Fuck sitting on them. It's not worth it at all. Um, then there was the Paris Retro 5s that came out, which I thought these were because of the shootings and stabbings and, like, attacks in Paris. And then I got really, like, I got excited as fuck for these because Jordan making a shoe that, like, I don't know, mourns, or I don't even know what the word is, is, like, in honor of... Um, people that have gone through shit in Paris. I thought it was really cool. Then I realized that it was like a soccer player in Paris's collab. And then I was like, fuck these. But those are really cool. The PSG Retro 5s, those are dope. Uh, LeBron 16, one through fives. I've sold a few pairs of these. I think they're, I'm not a big fan of them. You know, I can't get into LeBrons, but those are one thing. Um, Let's see what else there is. There's a lot of new releases lately. I don't know. The reacts are cool. Like I said, the undercover reacts, those are pretty dope. The Some pairs are ugly, though. The all green sole pair, like that lime green sole, that's fucking hideous. Um, I don't know. Skepta Air Maxes, those are new. I can't get into some Air Maxes. Like, those I think are ugly. 97s, I'm not a big fan of. I think the quality's shit on them. But, like, 98s, 95s especially... Like, I need to buy a few pairs and start wearing them because I'm so obsessed with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, that's that's that. You know, I fucking... That's how I sold shoes. And that's how I got into it. So, if you're asking, that's the story. And I, I don't want to fucking DM you the paragraph long anymore because it, gets, it just gives me a headache. I was literally copying and resending the same message to everyone because it was just like, dude... Like, listen to this show, or fucking don't even be interested. But, yeah, sorry for kind of an unorganized episode, but I don't really give a fuck. Like, that's how it is. That's how my brain works, and I feel like that's how this this whole show should be. It's like, I'm the host, so 
I should be telling things how my brain works, you know? It's like if I think about two different things in, in one split second, then that's what you guys get, you know? My head is fucking throbbing and my neck hurts from talking this long uh, because as I talk, it vibrates my uvula more, which makes it more swollen. So I'm going to go to fucking bed and put an ice pack on my neck. Uh, this was fun doing a long episode. I'm probably going to do more of these. I'm headed into the more hour-long direction, but it's going to work a lot better when my neck isn't this fucking swollen. So... Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review. Five star. Give me a little fucking, I thought it was funny or I didn't think it was funny or this is my favorite part. Give me something, you know. Go on your Apple podcast app and leave me a little fucking review, will you? Thank you guys for listening. And DM me on Instagram if you have any questions, any topics you'd like me to talk about. And stay tuned for next week for episode 21. All right? Take care, you guys.